disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. Well, it's good to have you back on. Um, gosh, there's so much to talk about. Um, I, I love, I want to just kind of take people back to your story. Um, and and uh, if, if people have not seen the movie 13 Hours, it is so well done. And the characters that played you guys are so, uh, do such a good job. Um, kind of tell me a little bit about how that move, how you guys came to work on that movie to help them make sure the story was right. Well, it, they, the, the initial pitch, well, it, it started from the producer, and the producer was Three Arts. They're the production company. Three Arts is also a literary agent as well. So they are movie producer. They do agencies as well. In fact, the, the owner or the, the head guy, I would say owner of Three Arts, Erwin uh, Stoss' original first client was Keanu Reeves. So oh, that's how okay. long they've been in. <laughs> that was the Bill and Ted's excellent invention of those days. Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. And, um, so they've been in the business for a long time. Well, the literary side, they took over and wanted to, to take on the book when we decided, and this was about a, a year, a little over a year after the actual event when all of us were finally getting off our last employments because we kept, we kept working. Right. We didn't, I, I know, I know a lot of the naysayers out there at the beginning were, oh, you guys want to make money. You want to make money. No, no, we kept working until we just couldn't handle all the. I won't cuss, but all the crap that we were seeing right. on the on the media. So, but anyway, they're the ones that took it uh, and said, "Hey, we are, we want to rep it." Well, we didn't know that they also had a, a movie production company as well. We didn't know they were that large. We had no clue. We're right. you know, we none of us are in the in the media business or movie business or book business or anything. None of us ever planned on doing that. So it kind of just lucked out that way because since they had it from the start. We were involved from, you know, writing of the book to being part of the script to actually interviewing some of the directors that were possibilities to being in Bay Studios, helping rewrite script, doing a script rewrite to make sure it was correct with Chuck Hogan, who wrote the script and Mr. Zukov, who helped us write the book into we're helping with the with picking the actors and then then being coming friends. And that was kind of up to us befriending our doppelgangers, befriending our, our, the guys that were going to play us. So it, but it it wasn't any, any plan, our plan, but it was their plan. And, and, you know, unbeknownst to us, we lucked out that because we were able to start really from, as I think, if you're going to do a real story on, on any sort of combat related incident from start to finish, not when they pick up the movie, but actual book all the way to, the unfinished product of the movie. And, and we were on set as well. We right. took turns being on set a couple weeks at a time uh, in Malta and Morocco um, watching. And, and Michael Bay took, he would, he would have pull us there and we'd watch a scene. And I remember there was one time we did the firefight scene at the consulate where I got hit with an RPG or close to the, the wall did and <laughs> it got kicked crap all over me. But I remember he turned at me after the scene. He goes, did that look right? And you know, I'm like, you actually, you know, and this is my first day there. I'm like, you're asking me if it, and I said, I, I said, oh, it was awesome. I said, but his, uh, Pablo's hand was in the wrong spot when he started firing. He, his palm was facing down. It should have been up. They ran the scene again. Wow. Like, okay. Got it. And, 
And because that, and, and you know, most, unless you're in the military or you've been a saw gunner or a Mark 46 gunner or, or an M60 gunner or a 249 uh, Bravo, uh, 240 Bravo gunner, you wouldn't see that. But right. if you're in the service and you were a machine gunner, you'd be like, oh shit, well, that, that's it. I'm <laughs> done walking out of the movie. And, but, but that's, that's how serious and how accurate they wanted to get. Cause I did, I do know that they, that they felt the pressure, not, not to get it just right, because it is, it's, it's, they, they respect the Paramount does respect veterans. Um, we were there when they had a veteran appreciation day, which is the only studio in town that did when it was veterans day. But we also knew then they did as well, that it was going to get politically shunned one way or the other. Right. So m let's get it accurate as possible. So at least take that after effect. So people can't hit on the, maybe some of the, the, the tactical inaccuracies in there right. because, you know, it was going to get panned one side or the other, depending well, on which way it went. The thing about that movie, though, is that I didn't, you know, I watched it. I, I did not get the sense that it was political. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. it certainly placed the blame where the blame belonged. And that was yeah. that, you know, the government let you guys down. Our own government let you guys yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, these Democrats or, oh, these yeah. Republicans. It wasn't like that at all. It was just, in fact, the the, the, the sense that I got was that it was more about the bureaucracy that runs our yeah. military and yeah. war machine and state machine nation, uh, around the world is what it is. It's it's a yeah. mess. And, it, yeah, it that's what I got from it. And that's what we wanted. I'm glad you did because that's what we were going for. That's what Michael Bay was going for, Paramount was going for. Um, and, and because it, it's, it's the truth. It really is. It's the God-honest truth of, of military and so forth, the, the leaders in charge, even those within the military that are commissioned officers, are getting more and more into the politics and forgetting about the guys on the ground. Right. Um, you still got the pipe hitters out there. You still got some of the best non-commissioned officers and some of the junior officers out there. But when they start moving up, our, our whole country, and you can see by even what's going on right now, has become so so immersed in, in politics and crap and manipulated by politicians that everything is getting taken over and, and you can't have a fair shake. You can't just have somebody do the right thing because right. it's the right thing to do. It has to be washed in politics. And, and that to me was an eye opener to me. Yeah. I, I never thought that. And, and, but, and for those that don't know, I had been deploying for 10 years before Benghazi even happened. Mm -hmm. I'd worked in Afghanistan, Iraq, Pakistan, I worked on ships off the coast of Somalia. I'd worked in Egypt. I worked in Dubai. I worked in Doha. I mean, I, I was all over the place. And I really had that faith in, in our government that because I signed up, you know, you swear an oath. Right. I, I swore to protect and defend. And I thought that there was reciprocity there, that they were going to do the same thing. And it, it was hard because it, it opened up, you know, like the Wizard of Oz where the dog, the Toto, opens up the curtain and you see what's behind the curtain. Who's really managing <laughs> everything. It's not a wizard at all. It's just some fallible man. Right. That's what I saw. And, and, and it, it was a, it, it, it hurt, but then I remembered in myself as well that I didn't sign up to fight for politicians. I signed up to protect this country, but also to, to serve with some of the greatest men and women in the world. Yeah. And, and that's what you did it for. And, and that's why we wanted to show the movie. That's why you do see the brotherhood. There's a lot of brotherhood. You see the laughter that goes on in combat, which is so, that is accurate. Right. <laughs> that is so right. accurate. You see the letdowns and you see how to overcome those letdowns by, by people that are in charge. And, and I, I guarantee you could have probably other guys on here that could tell you the same thing of where 
someone in that chain of command let them down and they had to overcome that obstacle that their own leader led them into. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to show. And, and, and you're right. Truth is that, Hey, the truth hurts. It's, it's where it is. Right. It didn't make a difference that it was Obama or if it could have been Bush or it would have been Trump or it made no difference to us. This is what happened to commander right. in chief and the, and then also some of the commanding generals in those, in those particular areas failed us. Right. That's what happened. Politics. We didn't care. That's why we, and you're right. That's why I'm glad you saw it. Cause we never once said, the Democrats let us down. Liberals screwed it. Never right, said that. Right. And no, that's I didn't, not, yeah, I didn't feel that's that. Not how it was. And I don't want to yeah. give away too much of the movie because I really want people to watch it. It's it's such a great film. But but uh, but I do want to kind of dive into a little bit of the story um, just so people understand. I mean, there's lessons in leadership all through this because yeah. what you guys essentially tried to do was save the life of a diplomat who was trapped in a compound, probably in a place he shouldn't have been. Um, at yeah. a time when he probably shouldn't have been there, given that it was the 9-11 anniversary. So so you guys basically defied orders to stand down and instead of standing down, went to try to save uh, the ambassador's life. Um, obviously, it, you didn't weren't able to get it, get sure. to accomplish yeah. that. But yeah. y- you probably saved a lot of other diplomatic staff lives. That people, these people probably wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for your actions. Well, we, we, uh, you know, and as well said, we actually, I actually testified to that almost exactly as well. But I, I, I said that, you know, when I testified to that exact same thing, what you said, that they were asked me, is there anything you felt like you did wrong when I did one of my two times or actually three times there at the White House? I said, we should have left earlier. We, our, our biggest mistake is that we didn't disobey orders earlier. Mm. And, and that, that still resonates. It still sticks with me. And I think it sticks with the team is that, yeah, the leadership failure up top, we depended on them. We, we were believed in them. And then we started to see them crumble. And honestly, the leadership of all of us, of, of the team itself, and we had a lot of old guys. Right. All, all guys for, for, for contractors or operators. We all were in our forties. I mean, right. so that, and that's pretty old. Right. So all of us had been in leadership positions at some point within the military or as a contractor in various areas of operation we we're working in. So that's when it was, Hey, you know, what orders are we given? Is that an order that is it lawful? Well, yeah, I guess it's a lawful order that we're getting to not go. Is right. that the right thing to do though? Is, 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 is God's law saying, don't go, don't help self, don't give yourself, don't sacrifice yourself for someone else. Or is there someone over here telling you not to go because of a, whether it's political or, right. or a reason of us being secretly there for reasons that we didn't need to be there for. Right. And that's where it, it, to me that, and the rest of the team was that's, that order's not, not working anymore. We've waited long enough. We're going. And, and we did, we, we knew we were going to sacrifice our careers, which we did. We all lost our security clearances and um, we also knew that we would be sacrificing any insurance because of being contractors. Right. We our, our insurance goes null and void whenever we do something out of our normal scope of duties. Right. Or if we disobey orders, and right. and that was the, and we knew that. But right. wow, the scene the scene in the movie where Roan says you don't and that 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 happened and that was what was so awesome and I, it, it still it still makes me feel good. But I do have it. I do I do choke up. Is when he says, "None of you have to go. You know, none, none of you guys have to go. We, right. we don't have to go." And it, there wasn't a word. Wow. <laughs> no, we just, yeah. It's like all of us are looking like, yeah, uh, we're wasting time here. What else you want to say? <laughs> yeah. And, 
it's like, all right, gear up, let's go. And and I remember still, we didn't put this in the movie, but it happened that night. It's in the book, actually. I remember him, before we headed out the gate, he cracked his door and he put his hand up. He gave me a thumbs up through his car door, through the crack in the car door, because we armored cars, you can't roll down the windows. Right. And um, I, I still don't remember seeing him. I remember seeing his arm, and Rome was a monster. Dude was huge. <laughs> and I just remember seeing this ham hock thumb, arm, forearm, Popeye forearm come out of the car. And I, I mean, I'm getting motivated right now talking about it. I just remember going, hell yeah, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Dude, and, and all those politics, all that crap of stand, all that you don't even think about anymore. It's okay, let's go. Game time, mission time. Let's. And I, I, I couldn't have been felt more comfortable going out on the road with a guy with, with any more of guys like Rome, because I knew it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to combat with Leonidas. <laughs> what can get better than that? Right. And it, it was, it was, yeah, it was awesome. It, it was an amazing feeling. And I, I, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why guys come back from downrange that have gone through incidences that, that are similar to mine. Um, you know, uh, are similar to our teams is that you, you really, it's hard to replicate those feelings anymore of, 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 of sheer really joy and a, a positive emotion because of, of the, the camaraderie of the team going in basically into hell's gates together and nobody, nobody flinching, nobody batting an eye. Is it, that incredible? Is that part of why some of the struggles that happen with PTSD as well? Like yeah. I, I talked to, I've got quite a few friends in, that you know that have been in special forces sure. and 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 I consider you a friend as well and when I talked to yes. one I talked to one guy who was talking about um he said you know Leland he said the thing about special forces and and you may be able to speak to this a little bit but he said one of the main differences between say just uh, not that there's any he wasn't being insulting but he's like between say an infantry soldier and someone who's in special forces is that they could literally be in theater shooting yeah. terrorists between the <laughs> eyes blowing up you know terrorist camps taking fire one day and the next day they're standing in line at a McDonald's getting a happy meal for their kid and he's like the juxtaposition of those two worlds while everyone else at that McDonald's has no clue what just happened can sometimes be difficult on the mindset for these guys because of what how one how important what they do is and two how little we know about it make sense yeah it, 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 it did it when I, early on as a young, young guy, young ranger, and then, uh, and then, uh, young, uh, uh, contractor or security operator, whatever the heck you want, <laughs> you want to call us. Right. Um, it did initially at the beginning, cause you would come back and you would try to go to a bar and have a drink with friends and you see everybody laughing and you just came out of a situation where a car bomb went off and a little girl died that she'd been watching all day play in her front yard right. in, in the Monsoor district, you know, or, or a father bring the, another severed girl that's bleeding out, out to you, try to save her and there's nothing you can do. And it is hard. Um, as I got older though, I, I, and that's why I would, I tell guys, I know it's difficult. You can't keep it, leave it all there. But you got to let some of that go and keep it there when you come back home. And don't be angry because there are people are out that don't know that are having fun or even don't respect the military and they're out there still partying and not having any idea that, that there is people out there that really want to take their heads off. Right. Don't think that. Just come back and, and, and you don't pity them because I think that's when you're trying to put yourself above them. Right. You're just 
you just turn yourself. You don't know. You, you, you accept it. You're, right. it's, there's an acceptance there. And what I would tell guys, and I wasn't able to do this till I got older. I, it, I had to, you know, and that was multiple deployments as I got older, come back. It was feel proud. And I would tell young guys, this, this is how I wish somebody would have told me, feel proud of what you're doing. It's not post-traumatic stress. It's stress. It's post-traumatic growth. Right. You're getting stronger every day. You're, 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 you're coming back and you're feel proud that you're able to protect these people, whether they know it or not, protect America. Even if you have different opinions on, on what's going on in, in the world or what's going on in this country, just feel proud that you're there and they don't know it. And that's, that's kind of, I said, delve in the romanticism of that. That's, right. that's what people make movies off of. Right. Right. I said, so, so be proud of that. Don't, don't be angry with them. They don't know. They just, they don't know. And, and ignorance, you know, is an excuse, um, is an excuse always. But in this case, yeah, ignorance is, is let them, let them be ignorant. Let them enjoy their lives. You've been tasked or tapped to go do something and you're willing to sacrifice yourself and be an example of that shining light that, yeah, you know what? I, I'm able to sacrifice myself. I'll do that for you. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll go overseas while you stay here and have fun and enjoy yourself and, and, and drink and, and whatever. <laughs> um, and, and then you got to think, well, and then I always come back and, and I am a Christian. I'm, I'm probably the worst Christian. Ah, uh, you and me both. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> well, but we I, all I, are. <laughs> I, 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 I tell, I said, don't, don't let this go to your head and don't become like that. But, I said, who set that example initially of sacrifice for others? Right. Said, well, I said, so, and, and I said, well, you know, and, and I don't have to say who it is because they know. I, said, I don't say, well, it's Jesus. They, <laughs> they look at me and I said, do you understand now? I, yeah. I said, so, and but I always also tell them, don't always, you always have to t- turn the other cheek either. If, right. if somebody's, you know, dressing you down or dressing the military down or, or talking bad about special forces or calling you a baby killer or something like that. It's, hey, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, pass you the job. I mean, I said, there, there's a fine line there. You just got to know right. when to cross that cross that line. And right. but I, I I agree. It's hard. I think it's harder for me, not for watching that. What's harder for me is that I, I you miss those feelings of of uh, of, of of camaraderie. Of I'll give an example. When I was in Iraq, I, this is. Uh, we were in the middle of a of a pro a huge. It was a bad call on my end. I put us in a bad situation. I was a shift leader of our of our Blackwater team. I was on, but I had a tremendous group of guys that were all special operations, former special operations guys. Well, anyway, I got us in a, a jam where I got us into a riot, a really huge riot outside of the ministry Ministry of Industry uh, Industry Minerals. And I remember uh, you, you don't stay in a car whether it's armored or not when you're in a riot. It's right. going to get flipped over. You're, you're unsafe you have to get out and face the riot. Right. And, and I remember I, I was my call. I'm the leader. I put us in there. I jumped out and I, I remember I muzzle thumped a Iraqi in the face that was trying to get in our car. Didn't shoot him because none of them had guns. We couldn't see anything, but it was, it was, I, I don't even know how many, there was crazy, right? Massive, right? And I remember my buddy, Joe Espino, who was our third ranger bat. He was my left, left gunner. He jumped right out with me. Yeah. yeah I mean, right there next to me. And it's still, I think about like, man, who, who, who would do that? <laughs> right. Put himself in the game. And then all I had to say to the rest of the team was dismount. I said, dismount. And the whole team, I had an 82nd airborne guy that was Ranger Tab, which he got on the contract, even though he wasn't special operations qualified, the dude was a badass. And 
Then I had two other Rangers and I had a force recon Marine. And it, I, I remember that feeling of looking going, Oh my God, these guys are, they didn't question me. They just jumped out, had my back right there. And it, you just, as I'm getting choked up, you just, you, you can't replicate those feelings. Right. Stateside. And, yeah. and um, of that, just being so proud, honestly, proud to be an American right. <laughs> and proud to, to work with guys that are fearless and that you, they have your back, no matter the danger that they, they have it. And, and that's, that's where I have the issues with, 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 the feelings of, of, of man, I, I really wish I was back there because you, you can't get those feelings. You can't replicate that here. Even with all the craziness we got going on in America right now, you still can't replicate that. It, it's impossible right. with that caliber of individual. Right. It, it really, so, well, so, and, uh, and, yeah. and again, I, I think that level is so much more distinguished from what most of us who have never experienced combat feel in daily life. But in one way, I can connect with what you're saying. You know, I grew up in an area that was a very tough place to grow up. And mm -hmm. a lot of people around me had very, very tough lives. And it, it wasn't easy. And the people that I formulated my friendships with, those people are still my very best friends to oh. this day and will be till the day I die. There's no friend that I've met since that time that will ever come anywhere close to the level of bonding that we had when we went through those things together. And and that's yeah. obviously on a much smaller level than what you're talking about. But then you add in combat and you add in situations where literally it's life or death. And then you, yeah. you, you put the purpose that you guys had in defending freedom in on top of that. And then you have this and, you know, I, I can, I guess what I'm saying is from the outside looking in, I can totally connect with it, even though I'll never quite understand it. I still connect with it. It makes sense. Yeah. To me. So. Well, misery, misery does love company, and, and that's how you get through it. You get, right. you get through it together. That's why Ranger School sucks. That's why Ranger <laughs> Assessment Selection sucks. That's why Bud sucks. Right. That's why the PJ Indot Court sucks. Yeah. It, it really does. You, 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 if you, if you bleed and you suck together, you do become closer, uh, or the weaker ones get weeded out, right. and they're not your friends anymore. And they, and they, they, and that's really what happens. And that's what you know. Getting back to Benghazi we all had been through the suck so much that we understood that, that that's what was so great that that team, we really didn't need to suck together to come together. Right. We knew what it took. And that's what you don't come across teams like that, that, that come 30 days in, you don't even know each other. I knew Boone, that was it. I didn't know the other guys. Um, and come in within 30 days and everybody already knew the job, knew the task, knew how to suck. <laughs> knew how to embrace the suck, knew how to put up with each other's attitudes, even though we always didn't like each other, and still get the job done. That's what, that's where Benghazi was different than the 10 other, you know, 10 years of other places I was at, is that I had never been with a team that melded so quickly. And we all, and that's, we all didn't get along. Right. It's not like we liked each other. Right. We just, it just, we knew the job. We got together. We put our differences aside. And we, we made it happen under duress with every obstacle that kept getting thrown up in front of us. And yeah. I, that's why I, I, I do, I do, uh, people ask me, would I go back to Benghazi if I had a chance knowing what I know now? I said, yeah, I wouldn't, where's the plane? Right. I, I'm on there right now. You, you just, that, to me, that, that was the pinnacle of everything that I'd been through, through my life at that point. 
Yeah, well, you, you realize I'm going to have to title this episode Going Through the Suck. That's that's what <laughs> it's going to be. Through ti- yeah, going to, through the suck. You go, you go, and then you just you embrace it. You, yeah. hug, it, you hug it because it ain't going anywhere. Right. You enjoy it. You just you enjoy the ride. Well, and, and I, I'm so, fascinated with leadership. And um, God, our country needs it right now. And, and, yeah, and people yeah. need to just calm the frick down, you know, and, and start yeah. looking at each, other's, at each other as human beings instead of the opposite side. And, and so when you yeah. think about leadership right. and, and, and that kind of thing, your book, The Ranger Way, which is phenomenal, by the way, and, and I'm okay. going to tell Thank people you. how to, they can order it. You know, I, I guess when you pull all this out, give me like a nugget or a lesson on leadership because you are a leader and you are a guy that's trying to motivate people. You're trying to bring people together. <laughs> You're trying to heal people. You're trying to to, 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 to help us realize that human side of each other. Give, give me like you, that code, if you will. You, I, I think the only way I learned, I've learned and I'm still learning to this day is, is by failing, making those mistakes, being a leader and, and making mistake as a leader. Like, like I said, I, I made a mistake tactically by putting my team in danger. And you know, luckily we got out of it because of the toughness, but you learn from those mistakes. Right. And, and but right now if we're going to what our country doing and with the leaders, I don't even want to classify them as leaders because I don't believe they are. They're politicians and, and they <laughs> right. really, I, I don't blame either side and I'm not, a, I'm not a side. I, right. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm an independent. I don't know what so you want to call it. I, I'm not registered as anything, Right. but politicians are the ones and the people I don't blame because they're allowing themselves to get manipulated by movements and right. sides and so forth. Where politicians right now, they have the best opportunity. It started with the COVID, then it's to now to to actually bring us all together by them coming together and working right. together as a team, and and again putting the differences aside, but reaching that common goal of making this country still the greatest country in the world, and not what the Democrats think it needs to be, not what the Republicans think it needs to be, but what we need as an Amer- as America we need it to be, and so right. I. I guess the the nugget would be is is in this case and just from what's going on right now is is have the ability to step back, take a breath, and work together. I, it's simple. It's really yeah. simple. Yeah. Work and just find a way to work together, even though you may not get along. Yeah. I, I have this. What, I have this saying that I say to myself. You know, when I'm walking down the street and there's people around me that I don't know and I've never met. That person right there, there's something that he or she and I are both passionate about that we have in common. When you think of it that way, it makes it a lot easier to get along, right? Like they have something that they're passionate about that I also am passionate about. And finding those things, we can make that connection. Like you said, then you can put aside your differences and do the work that needs to be done. Everybody's going to get a little bit. Everybody's going to give a little bit. Yeah, and that's that. It's it's always compromise, and and I I see what I see a lot of people. Maybe this is something else people can think about. Is uh, uh you know, everybody wants to change everybody. Everybody wants right. you need to act different. You need that. Wait a second. When I started to, to when when myself when I started to to finally let go of the anger from Benghazi, I, I did. I was angry. You saw me on the news all the time. Mm-hmm. I was part of the. The divide. I, I, I will admit, wholeheartedly admit hmm. I was part of that division with allowing Benghazi to be that. I, and and I, I and I that was a mistake. Hmm. I, it really was. I, I 
I wasn't, believe me, who was the one on, on Fox News after they saw Obama say it was a conspiracy? And what did I say? I said, I, what, Pete Exit said, what did, were you feeling? I said what I was feeling. I right. wanted to reach for the TV and choke him. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> right. And of course, Secret Service knocked on my door. And that, you know, that, well, I look back at it now, I'm like, man, I, I may have been angry, but I shouldn't have said that. Right. I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm buying in, I'm getting manipulated. Pull yourself out of it. Well, the only way I was able to do that is I had some low points after that, really low points where I, I did try to take my own life. And, wow. and I remember, uh, one time after the crying game scene in the, in my own shower <laughs> where, where I'm crying and, and it is, it's, it's bad. And, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm alone. I, you know, my wife and I were divorced at the time we have reconciled and, and luckily she's, she's an angel and she, she takes back, <laughs> took me back. But you know, I, you know, with, with, with the nine mil Glock and, and I remember looking in the mirror and going, do I want to live like this the rest of my life? I said, I, I don't. I said, so what am I going to do? You're, you're going to have to change yourself. And, and that's the thing is, is that we can't change everybody. We can't change what everybody else wants. We shouldn't even try. Don't. But we can't change ourselves. We can change our attitude. We can control our own attitude. Don't worry about everybody else. Control your own attitude. Change your change how you think of things to be maybe you have more compassion. You more, like you said, more understanding, more compromise. Once you start worrying about what's going on in your own house, in yourself, then things will positively be affected on the exterior. But until then, it's never going to work because I don't care who tells me to do something. That wall comes right up. Yeah. All right. I'm no. What are you talking about? You fix yours. No, I'm not going out to do that. I, it's when I started to fix myself, when I started to make sure that I was living by the Bible. I was adhering to it. We, we have two great templates of where to, how to run this country. It's real simple. We have a constitution in the Bible. Right. There you are. Right there. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> you don't need anything else. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I started to, to really, I started to read the commandments again and I started to reevaluate my own shortcomings mm. and like, okay, what did I, why I'm not the guy that used to deploy anymore deploy. I have turned into uh, something else that is not good for one side and has been a great, for the other side. And I said, that's not right. Yeah. That's, and I finally, I finally, I, f I finally found it. And, 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 and honestly, my life, it, it did a 180. It corrected itself. That's awesome. But, yeah. What, what a story of, re of redemption too. And, and, and I think it starts with that moment that you were looking at yourself in the mirror and you had the courage, yeah. you had the <laughs> courage to say, I need to change me, man. That's powerful, yeah. dude. That's powerful. It, that was so hard just to look at me now. My look at me and my own. If you can't, and that's when you know if you're if you're if you're doing something wrong. If you can't look in your own eyes in the mirror, that was the hardest thing in the world. I felt like such a piece of scum when I looked at myself in the mirror, and that's when I that's when I said, "Do I want to live like this the rest of my life? Am right. I, is this is this how it's going to be?" And and it, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do is just just come face to face with my own self and. And and the 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 spiral that I'd gone into. Right. So yeah, it, I I highly recommend that to anybody that's having problems in their own life. Just just ask yourself. You got to ask those hard questions to yourself. Yeah. And that first is is this how I want to live my life? And if your answer is maybe, it's probably not. <laughs> if, if your answer is no, it's probably not. <laughs> right. It's got to be yeah. It's got to be spot on. Yes. And now I can do that. Like, right. Yeah. I. I 
I, I, I love, and I, I'm very blessed because uh, I, I have a young, a young child. Um, I have a five-year-old and I missed my 16-year-old and my 12-year-old. I've missed pretty much all their lives growing up until they, till they, till recently. And I was missing the chance. God had given me the chance to, to be a father for a youngster again. And that's, that's the time of your life that you can never get back. And it's one of the best times anyone's going to have in their life. And I, I almost missed it that because I was gone, divorced, leaving all doing other things and being at home. And I'm, I'm very blessed because I was able to finally figure it out. Yeah. And now it's like that we were wrestling this, me and my five-year-old doing the wrestling this morning. And <laughs> that I really didn't get to do when I was deploying all the time. Right. And, and, um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's a blessing. Things, things do correct themselves, but you have to, you have to find yourself and, and find that right person, that good person that everyone is. Um, and put a lot of that anger aside. You can't, anger doesn't bring anything but anger and fear and hate. And, and it's, it's, it's something people don't need in their lives. You have, um, a lot of references on your website and in uh, even the merchandise that you have. Uh, yeah, to John, yeah, to, that, to, that was weird. <laughs> well, I was just going to say to John fifteen thirteen. Yes. And I love that verse. Greater love has no yeah. man than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. I, that is a powerful verse, and it, I'm hearing that theme run through from the story with Benghazi, but also to that moment where you had to realize you had to change yourself and that, that, that yeah. God was greater than you and that you had to yeah. kind of give in to that. And, and then you mentioned you know Christ's sacrifice for us, all these things. Yeah. I, I think that's a beautiful story. I, 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 you know, John, that wasn't just from when Benghazi happened either. John 15, 13 is, is a— is a very well-known verse in the veteran community. Right. And even if you go to the uh, Texas A&M, I wonder if I, I spoke there to the, to the uh, student body of uh, four years back, great speaking event. I, I love being there, but even over their, their core, they have the verse, John 15, 13. So it, it's, 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 it's in you. It's re-implemented in you. It's, it's hammered right. for lack of a better word when you're basic training or whatever, it's hammered into you. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, which is good. It's not a bad thing uh, when you're in the service. So that's where it came from. And, and also, you know, one of the army values is selfless service. Well, that's John 15, 13. That's just put it into a army value. It, it's a value that all branches of, of service go by. Yeah. Sacrifice. Are you going to sacrifice for your buddy? Are you going to lay down on that grenade right. to save everybody else? Are you going to put throw yourself on the wire like they did uh, like the the greatest generation did in World War II to let your buddy crawl over that wire. Yeah, and and that's where it comes from. But it, you know, that's where I learned learned it. But it 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 all starts with God, and yeah. it all starts with His sacrifice, and He sacrificed Himself for us. Are you willing to do that? If people are willing to do that, if you're willing to 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 give of yourself, you know, let me give your life. Are you are you willing to allow that person that parking spot that you right. were running to? Are you allowed? A lot willing to allow that person that has uh, uh, two two children and a handful of groceries in front of you in the grocery line, even though you might be late. Just little things like that is selfless service. That's sacrifice, and yeah. I, I know that goes to the extreme on John fifteen thirteen because the military. That's what you 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 want to have that type of person beside you, and you want to be that type of person. That, I'm going to lay my life down for you. I'm going to get out of that car in the middle of this freaking riot even though you're an idiot and you put us in this situation right, because right. I'm your brother and that's what we do. Are you going to be willing to do that? And, and that's why that verse is so important to me. And, and then honestly it, it took off because when we did do the very first interview 
with Brett Bear, which I, I thought was very well, and he was a very fair individual. Yeah, I, I, I got a lot of respect I, I for him. Yep. Yeah, very, very well done. Um, they came to my house, and I had that on my wall in my little dungeon gym downstairs, and they filmed <laughs> it, and then it kind of took off. And and I, I said, you know, I never really the merchant. You know, I, I, that's so. I'm glad it, it, it it's going the way I wanted it to go, which is which is more positive messages than right. you know kill them all that God sold them up sort of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> which, right. Which again, you know, there, there's times to there's times to flip the switch on too. I, I'm not going to tell you I haven't, but um, but having that just start from again, and that's a blessing. That's a path that I didn't recognize at the time that God said, okay, well, we're going to start you on this path. Yeah. With the very first view on the Brett Bear show of that John 15, 13, and then it just taken off. And, and why wouldn't I want to run with a, a, a scripture like that where yeah. I think people really need, again, that's people need to have that more in their life. When I wrote the Patriots creed, which I wrote after the Ranger way, okay. yeah. uh, it was based off the army values. And that's one of those chapters of selfless service. Uh, and it was about a veteran member sacrificing himself for his team, which I, is, yeah, I, I don't know if you know him or not, um, but I've had him on the podcast before. Dan Crenshaw, the Republican yeah. congressman well, from Texas. I, we, we, I know of him. We've never met, but we know of each other yeah. because of the other circles. Yes. Yeah, the, the yes. book that he wrote, Fortitude. Um, yeah. I see some also some some parallels here in the sense that, you know, I think we have a generation of people who've never really experienced real hardship the way that, yeah. you know, like I yeah. my grandparents lived through the Great Depression and World War II. Wow. And I never experienced anything like that, you know? Um, yeah. And, and so the, the the need for this, everything is so selfish. I mean, that's what I look at when I look at how our divisions are in America right now. It's mostly, and I'm guilty of this too. I'm, I'll have to do what you did and just say, hey, mea culpa, I was part of this. But it's yeah. this, I need mine you know what yeah. I mean? And there's so much of that so strong in our society right now that it makes it so impossible for us to, again, see each other as human. And I, I don't know, there, the, the idea of resilience and the idea of of principle and, and again, seeing each other as human beings, there, there's some parallels here to that that I just wish we could impart on a younger generation. And, and the only way we can do it is just to continue to talk about it and right. continue. And, and just like anything else, I, I, I think we, it's swayed back to where it's not that way right now for them for for as as we've seen and that's another problem with, with media and tv and social media you know i think it, it, it's like a force multiplier for the devil it's a way of it's a way it, it shows like it's more prevalent than really what it actually is right but still it still is it's that force multiplier you're seeing it on on tv and facebook and instagram so much that you're forgetting that your neighbor just took your trash can back and put it where it needed to be yeah. because you know, and, and that's, yeah, and that's, that, that's as simple as that's as simple as that is, is that, you know, I, I focus here, the devil's saying, Hey man, look at the TV, look at social media, look at Instagram yeah. while you're not seeing the good things that your neighbor may have done for you or that you may have done for your neighbor. And, yeah. and, and, and I know you're not looking for the recognition, but it's just, it's, it's not out there as much. Well, so, I, got, I got to tell you, I got to tell you a funny, quick story about this. Okay. You'll love this. So the neighborhood I live in, I've been living across, I, I've tried to talk to all my neighbors, you know, but sure, not necessarily sure. develop a relationship. And there was this really sweet family across the street that had these really sweet children. And, you know, we always nod at each other, wave at each other, say hi. We got a snowstorm about uh, two days after Christmas. And uh, I went outside to shovel my, my 
driveway and I noticed that my neighbor across the street who I've lived across from from two years had tacitly spoken but never knew his name. He was doing his driveway. So I just went over there and started working on his driveway with him sure. first. And he's oh. like, dude, you don't have to do that. I'm like, dude, I'm already warmed up. I just got back from the gym. Let's do this. So we <laughs> no we knocked it out. And then I was like, hey, I'm going to go do I, I went over and finished mine. And, at, and I was almost done. But he came over just to help me with the last little bit. So we started talking. And I found out his name was Richard. He served in the Army at Fort Carson. I'm from Kentucky. He uh, had trained on tanks at Fort, in Kentucky. But here's the funny kicker. He grew up in the same neighborhood I did. He's Native American, grew up on the Indian Reservation where I grew up. We had no idea. We lived across the street from each other for two freaking years and didn't know we came from the same damn neighborhood, man. And it was like just that moment where we just kind of helped each other and then we connected and everything else just melted away, Chris. And people are missing that connection because they're too busy yeah. trying to get the connection on tweeting and twatting and, <laughs> and Instagram and, and grant, you know, yeah. and, and you're missing, we're missing that human connection. And I, I do see, because I do see it as an improvement because of the story you told a society improving. I really do because the last two years ago, we wouldn't even have been talking about this. Right. And now people are starting to talk about it, which means they're starting to do it more. They're starting to see it more. And, like I said, even when we started before this, it is improving. It's just going to take time. How are we going to stop to continue to improve and make those improvements where people are going to be willing to, to, to give of themselves? Right. Uh, it's, it's just, just do it and talk about it. And uh, also you got to turn guys. I, I don't watch the news at all. I don't watch any of it. Fox, yeah, good I, for I, you. I, 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 no, I, it, there's no reason for it. And, and it, you, you, it's dang there. It, it's all slanted one way or the other. You don't even know if you're getting the right information. Right. Um, uh, podcasts have been fantastic. I, I, I think podcasts it, honestly are the future for information on the social media. You know, Twitter's, I don't have a Twitter account. I used to. Boy, that was just a mean, mean place. Yeah. By the and way, you have more fake Chris Perantos trying to be you on Twitter. <laughs> I discovered then I think anybody else, I think there's more. I, fake. And I don't get, I'm not a good looking guy. I'm 50 <laughs> years old too. I'm sagging everywhere. I, I, I don't, I don't get that. I'm not like, and I'm not like a rich individual either. I don't understand it, but yeah, it, 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 even, even with all that craziness, I, 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 I hope business, it, it does it's business wise. Instagram, Facebook do have helps for if you're a public figure, per, which I have to say that, yeah, okay. I fall in that category and I, I, I right. don't like to say it, but that's just, how right. it is but but in that aspect too i don't get in there and i don't argue i don't i it's business right. and that's how people need to look at it or I, I also see people in there posting 15 times a day guys holy crap right set a set a goal now dude wean yourself off it's just like <laughs> anything else winning yourself off a of junk food or or you'll find something else post something every once in a while turn that thing off go for a run go yeah. enjoy the outside go see go help your neighbor shovel his driveway yeah. You know, I, stuff like that. And I, I do think, honestly, brother, I do think people are starting to do this more because the, the old, the, the, the politics and this side and that side, uh, as Americans, we become wary of stuff really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, this has lasted a long time, longer than what I would have imagined with the, with the divisiveness. Um, and that's because politicians, of course, are always coming for election. So we always got to push the, the divisiveness. But I do think a lot of people, even like myself, are like, eh, eh, I'm over it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm done with it. I, let's get back to 
being outside and, and, and enjoying the fresh air. And, and, and it is, that's, I, and that really is watching the birds and listening to them chirp and, and playing with your kid, uh, playing with your son downstairs, wrestling, even though he jumps on you and needs you in your kidneys. But maybe think of that scene in four Christmases when, uh, <laughs> Google me. Exactly. I love it. And he just comes at a run and I just hear him. Oh, oh shit. and they're like, Oh shit, here he comes. Oh, and it just, he takes off and wham and just laughing and it hurts, but it's, it's a good hurt. And yeah. I, I do see, again, bro, I, I do see this. It's going to be, take a lot of time because there's a lot of wounds that need to heal and things will, but things will scar up. It's just people will, will like, like we took, give of yourself. And, yeah. And John 15, 13 is the perfect verse for that. Um, you don't have to take it to that extreme, but it is sacrifice, selfless service, right. moral courage, having the ability to, to look in the mirror and, and have that moral courage to look at yourself and be like, are you living a good life? Are you living how you should be living? Or, or, or is there a lot of sin in your life that you're just allowing to happen? We're all going to sin. Right. We're not perfect. Right. But also some of us, and I'm, I'm right there with them. Sometimes the sin gets out of control and it becomes vices and then it becomes uh, an addiction and then, and then you're ruining people's lives and that's out of control. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, all right, so let's, let's uh, let people know how they can get a hold of you. And um, sure. you're doing some cool stuff around the country. You, you not only speak uh, and inspire yeah. people, but you also have some training. You've got Battle Line Tactical, and you yeah, travel yeah, yeah. to different ranges. How can people maybe book you to come to their range, do some courses? Sure, what? Sure. How can folks get a hold of you? Sure. Well, if, for speaking events, and I love, I, I, I do. It's very cathartic. I do love speaking. I, I never realized how much I missed speaking in front of a group. Since the, COVID. since the, I call it the yeah. hibbity bibbity virus, but right. the COVID virus yeah. came out. Um, and, and, uh, but that I, I work with Kepler speakers bureau and they, they take very good care of me. And, and cool. so that's how people can speak book speaking events. Um, on the battle line, no, a battle line tactical, um, we go around the country, we train up back on heading to Shreveport, Louisiana, Red River gun range to do a, a, a one day, just a one day pistol course. And it's a great ranger in Shreveport, but all you have to do is either go on my, just search Chris Tano Pirano and my page will come up and then there's a battle line tactical link you can click or you can just search battlelinetactical.com and it'll it'll pop up as well and it'll redirect you whatever way you get if you just type in battle line tactical whatever link comes up you click it it all redirects to the page and that shows you the courses that we have coming up which like I said one in Shreveport next week and then the next one after that's in Florida at Full Spectrum Warrior which that's a fun one that's a stress fire course that is a it's a blast. It's a kick in the nuts, but it's right. so fun. That's it's awesome. Fun. And then, um, and then, um, I, I do have some regular ranges I go to, which I'll be going back to. One is in, uh, two, one is in Crete, Illinois, Devon Defense. Um, we do that. That's on the schedule. And then I have another one in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is an awesome one because it's right next to the Grand Geneva <laughs> Resort. Oh, cool. It's like, hang out there, get up, drive two minutes to the range, let's go shoot. And, and that's a fun one because I take my kids because they have the water park right there. And it's, uh, if you've ever been to Grand Geneva, it's beautiful, beautiful, awesome. especially in the, and I'll have another one there in the fall. Cause I just, I love being there in that time of year and it's, it's a wonderful place to be at. Awesome. Um, but for rangers that want to book us, you just, there's a link there and you just reach out to that link and email okay. it and say, hey, can we book Chris? And then we work it out that way. Fantastic. Well, man, it's been great talking to you again. Um, hopefully it won't be as long in between times, but we always enjoy yeah, when you visit the disruption zone. We appreciate your service and your patriotism. Uh, and your faith, uh, Chris. I really appreciate you sharing your faith today as well. Thank you, bro. I, I appreciate you having me on. And we just had the wrong contact information. I had a change in 
public relations people and, and we lost each other's numbers, but you got mine now, bro. Awesome. So anytime. And same goes with I'm the battle line podcast. If you're willing to come on Shoot ours out. with me and Ian, I I'd <laughs> love to have you on. Yeah. Uh, we uh, do well, it in a heartbeat. You're the man, bro. Awesome. Thanks, bro. All right. You talk, guys are awesome. All right. You too. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Wow. Chris Peranto. I love that guy. Uh, he is something else. Um, and what a warrior and what a patriot and what a guy who understands, um, you know, just, wow. I mean, is the life story that he gave us there, the near suicide to now redeemed and reunited and all of that. That's so powerful, man. And then just talking about that human connection. And, and I just want to reiterate that guys, it's, it is not, right versus left it is not blue versus red we're americans and we have disagreements and we have maybe even strong different ideas about how things should work but none of that should stop us from realizing that we're all human beings and so that was really powerful stuff i appreciate him popping on with us very much all right uh that's it for today's show we got much more coming up uh congressman andy barr is going to join us along with some others uh, later this week. I, I want to thank our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Uh, they're awesome. They did our kitchen. I don't talk about businesses that I don't actually believe in uh, and haven't worked with or heavily researched. And not only have I worked with them, they did our kitchen and our master bath. And I'm pretty sure that the work that they did in our kitchen helped our house sell in less than a day. So if you are a um, do-it-yourselfer or a contractor, get a hold of them and check them out. They're at LouisvilleCabinetsCountertops.com, 6200 Hit Lane, Louisville, Kentucky, 40241. And then you can call 502-930-3304. Uh, thanks to my counter or my co-executive uh, producer, Cameron Mills. Thanks to H, uh, HD, uh, excuse me, JP Web Design and to Dynamics Productions in Lexington, Kentucky. You can download us for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio's app. So make sure you check that out. Um, it is free, and we'll deliver you new episodes directly to your pocket, right to your phone. So thanks for listening. I'm Leland Conway. It's the Disruption Zone. <laughs>